book of Judges, Judges chapter 6. Uh, <clears throat> does that give a clue to who we're going to be talking about this morning? No, not Samson. Good guess, though. Good guess. Who? Gideon. Gideon. Yes. Gideon doubted himself. Uh, when I first said this, I heard a few people say, oh, Thomas. You know. <clears throat> but yeah, Thomas definitely doubted. Um, but but the thing the thing about Gideon that I think is different than Thomas is Gideon doubted himself, and and that's what we're going to be talking about that uh, the, this morning. Uh, the, the Gideon was just an average guy. Okay, he he was a farmer, <coughs> you know, definitely a a blue collar kind of guy. He wasn't a a, a rich guy. Uh, he wasn't famous. He was just a farmer doing his thing. And God is about to use him in a, in a really, really great way. In fact, uh, uh, <clears throat> we're going to see this, but uh, Gideon even admits that not only is he not even average, he's below average. And he, he says, basically, he says in modern day terminology, he says, there's nothing special about me. And he and he argues with God, and we're going to see that this morning. <clears throat> God is going to use Gideon in a great way, but but there are some things that Gideon needs to learn before God can use him. Things about God Himself. But more importantly, Gideon is going to learn some things about Gideon. Too often, as we struggle our way through life, we fail to learn lessons about ourselves. And God has to sometimes take us through a journey and teach us about us. If I were to ask you, in fact, I asked somebody yesterday, <clears throat> and he answered correctly, but if I was going to ask you, what the, there are two things that uh, Gideon is famous for. Who can tell me what those two things are? Come on, it's not that hard. In, in, in Gideon's life, in Gideon's life, yes. Okay, yes, those are the two things. The fleece, the fleece, uh, and we'll talk about that, and the fact that he has a great victory against the Midianites. And does, you know, God uses him in, a, in, a, in an incredible way. <clears throat> so this morning, we're going to probably talk about him. Well, no, there's no probably about it. We are going to talk about Gideon again next week. But this morning, what I want, to I want to talk about before we get to the great battle, I want to talk about how does God get an average guy to be a national hero? Because that's what God does. He takes an average guy who doubts himself, probably very little self-esteem, and he becomes a national hero in a period of 
probably weeks or months. How does God do that? And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Gideon's journey is an interesting struggle. But before God could use Gideon, God had to work through Gideon's doubt that plagued him. The truth is this. Most of us this morning struggle with doubt. Just saying. Most of us do. I know personally, I, I struggle with doubt. Okay, I'm just, I'm just being transparent here this morning. As I was studying <clears throat> for this message this morning, God replayed the journey that he had to take me on to get me from being a building contractor to being a pastor. Because honestly, when I was a building contractor and God started working on my heart about being a pastor, anybody have any idea what I thought? There is no way on God's green earth. It, it is never, ever, ever, ever going to happen. And guess what? I lost that, I, I, I lost that fight. <laughs> but... And if you ever want to know the journey, please, I'll buy you a cup of coffee. We'll sit down and, and I'll tell you the journey. But God had to bring me on a journey very similar to the journey that, that Gideon had to go through. And the reality is this. Randy testified. Randy preached for us, what, about two, three weeks ago? <clears throat> and he said the very same thing. He said, standing up here and presenting the Word of God is something I never would have done. But God had to bring you on a journey, didn't He? See, and God wants to take us on a journey to get us to a point where He can use us in great ways. I want to give you some interesting facts that I found out about Gideon. Okay, uh, I, I, at least they're interesting to me. I hope they are to you. <clears throat> Prior to studying uh, the life of Gideon, had you asked me the que this question, what, which of the judges does God devote more time in Scripture to? I would have said Samson. Okay, uh, Samson was a judge, and I would have thought that there was more written about Samson than Gideon, but I, I would have been wrong. Samson, if my memory serves me correct, there are 96 verses about Samson in the Bible. Gideon, there's over 100. Another thing that I found interesting is that Gideon is the only judge that God gives us a look into his personal struggle of faith. Okay? Now, let me clarify this. In the life of Samson and the other judges, we see a lot of the struggle of his physical struggle, the, the struggle with 
uh, women in his life, the struggle with the Philistines and, and the other judges. We see this physical struggle a lot. But, uh, but, but uh, uh, Gideon is the only judge that God gives us a look into the personal inner struggle that he goes through. I found that to be very interesting. Because <clears throat> that is where we see who the real person is. And Gideon <clears throat> is a real person who had real problems, real struggles with doubt, just like you and me. The title of my message, very simply, is The Struggle Within. The Struggle Within. Judges chapter 6, <clears throat> let's start reading in verse 1. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midians seven years. And the hand of the Midians prevailed against Israel. And because the Midianites, the children, uh, because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them dens which are in the mountains and caves uh, and strongholds. So that, excuse me, so it was when Israel had shown that the Midianites came up and the Amorites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the, this man Gideon and, the, the, and, and revealing his inner struggle that he had to deal with in order to uh, be used. And Lord, I thank you for all that, that he did. I thank you for all that you have done in our lives. Lord, help us. Help us to understand that in, in ourselves we are nothing, but in you we are everything. We love you and we thank you. <clears throat> it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're going to talk about f four. Four struggles this morning. Four, uh, well, uh, obstacles. Okay, not struggles, but obstacles. Four obstacles that, that Gideon had to get over in order for God to get him from being an ordinary farmer, insecure person to being a national hero. Four obstacles that he had to get over in his life that oftentimes, if, if me personally, I have seen all four of these obstacles in my life at one time or another. Now, you may say, hey, you know what? I haven't seen all four of them, but I can guarantee that you have seen some of these obstacles in your life. If, if, if you are willing to let God use you you are going to see at least some of these obstacles. So the very first one we're going to look at this morning, point number one, the first obstacle that he had to get over, does God really care? Does God really care? What did we just read? We, we read that God allowed the Midianites and all the surrounding um, enemies of Israel to be able to swoop in and take whatever they wanted from Israel. Now, <clears throat> what was taking place 
was <clears throat> at harvest time, you know, uh, at harvest time for seven years. The Midianites and all the surrounding armies and all the enemies of Israel, primarily the Midianites, would invade the land and would take all the food back to their to their countries. So for seven years, Israel was starving to death. And we can ask ourselves, does God really care? Have you ever felt like that in your life? Where every time you feel like you're, go- you're getting ahead, something happens and poof, it's gone. We've all been there. And if you haven't asked this question, you're rare. Because I've asked it. Does God really care? Look at verse 11. And it came, <clears throat> and there came an angel of the Lord and sat down uh, uh, under an oak which was in uh, Ophrah, which pertained to Joash, the uh, Abazite, and his son Gideon, threshing wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou, thou mighty man of valor. So what is, what is the angel of the Lord calling Gideon right out of the gate? A mighty man of valor. Get verse 13. And Gideon said unto him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? What does he say? He asks a very legitimate question. Does God really care? If, if God is for us, then why is all of this happening? That is a, that's an incredible question. Charles Spurgeon wrote this, God does not permit His children to, to sin successfully. What was going on in the land of Israel? They had turned their backs on God. And for seven years, God said, okay, you're going to turn your back on me? Guess what? I'm going to get your attention. And He allowed the enemies of, of, the, of the children of Israel to come and take all their food. Hey, you know what? That will get your attention quickly. Proverbs chapter uh, 3, verses 11 and 12, it says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. Now we hate these verses. Because what does the word chasteneth mean? To discipline correct or to teach nobody likes correction but those of you who are parents why do you discipline or correct your children because you love them and why did god allow famine in the land well he he allowed the enemy to take all their food for seven years because he loved them 
And oftentimes we misinterpret what God is trying to do in our lives. And we go through a hard season and we interpret that as God punishing us. When in reality, it is just the opposite. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, another verse, two verses that I hate. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. James is a, is a horrible person for saying this, right? No. He's telling the truth. Does God care? Yes, He cares. And sometimes He'll take us to places that we don't really want to know. We, we don't want to go. I think to answer the question, does God really care, we have to ask another question. And that is this. What is the purpose for the discipline or the, or the, the chastising that takes place? Exactly. He was trying to get the children of Israel to, to come back to him. Now, we've all heard the saying. In fact, most of us have probably even said it. But the saying is this, sometimes a person has to hit bottom in order to what? Look up. And Israel had hit bottom. Look, go back to, to verse 8 in our, in our passage that we're reading here. And, and Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. They hit bottom. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet unto them uh, to the children of Israel which said unto them, <clears throat> uh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel. So what, what happened? They, they, for seven years they had turned their backs on God and God said, Okay, you're going to turn your back on me guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn my back on you. And he allowed the Midianites and the other people to take all their food for seven years. But he got their attention. And there are times in our lives that God will bring us through seasons and we struggle with the idea, God, do you really care? And the answer to that is, he cares more than we think he cares. He cares enough to let us go through hard times so that He can get our attention, so that we can learn and that we can grow. Question number two, or obstacle number two. Does God know what He's doing? I don't know about you, but I've asked that one too. Does God know what He's doing? And I don't know about you, but I, 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 I have sat down literally with a piece of paper and I have written out my life on paper and said, okay, God, this is how it's supposed to go. Now, I don't know if any of you are that stupid, but I would highly recommend don't do that, okay? Because you're going to be highly disappointed. Look at verse 14. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might. Now, okay, let's stop right there. Who is God talking to? He's talking to an insecure farmer. Okay? 
And what does he say? He says, he says in verse 14, he says, And he looked unto, unto him and said, Go uh, in this <clears throat> thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? <clears throat> and he said unto him, O Lord, wherewith, wherewith uh, shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in, in Manasseh, and, and I am the least of my father's house. What, what did Gideon say? <clears throat> Who am I? Do, do you really know what you're doing? As I read that, I immediately thought of someone else. Moses. In Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 to 14, it says, And Moses said unto the Lord, O Lord, O, o my Lord, I, I am not eloquent, uh, neither um, thereto for, uh, nor sense has <clears throat> spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of slow tongue. Now, let, let me say this. Those of you, most theologians believe he had a speech impediment of some sort. Okay? He, mo, most theologians I've ever read said that he probably stuttered. Okay? And, and so, anyway. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Whoa. <clears throat> or who, who uh, maketh the dumb or the deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, O Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him who, ha uh, uh, who thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Now, I personally believe that at this point in Moses' life, Moses is missing out on an incredible blessing. Because God just told him, hey, you know what? I'm going to fix your mouth. And Moses didn't believe him. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, unto, and he said Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know <clears throat> that he can speak well. And also... Behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. So what, what happened? Moses, because of his, the doubt of Moses' life, he argues with God and gets God mad at him. Now, I don't know for a fact, but I'm pretty sure I've made God mad a few times. And I've missed out on some blessings because of the doubt in my heart. And the question is, does God know what He's doing? Absolutely, He knows what He's doing. Gideon's first response was to argue with God, same as Moses. I have learned to depend on and love a, a quote because I have had to rest on this quote many times. And that is this, God does not call the qualified, he qualifies the called. 
God does not look out along, around the earth and he, he does not look out and say, okay, this guy is a good, a good orator. He's a good speaker. I'm going to make him a preacher. He doesn't do that. He looks at people like me who have dyslexia and other problems and say, you know what? I'm going to make you what you're not. I was talking with somebody recently about this, my dyslexia and stuff, and somebody said something, and I said, you know what? I have the most patient church. And they said, why? I said, because they put up with me. I said, I can't read for nothing. I said, I butcher it. When I read Scripture, it's horrible. I don't know why they listen. But you know what? That's God. That's God. Paul talked about this truth in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1-5. through 5. He says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you uh, the testimony of God. For I determined not uh, to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was <clears throat> with you in weakness and fear and in tre- and much trembling. And my speech and, and my preaching was not with eloquent, uh, uh, um, with um, enticing words uh, of men's wisdom, but in uh, demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand um, uh, in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Well, what was Paul saying? He's I, I, I am not Joel Olstein. Okay? You know? I, I'm not eloquent. I, and, 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 and you know what? Everything you've learned, you've learned because of God, not because of me. And praise God, I hopefully can say the same thing. Does God know what he's doing? Absolutely, he knows what he's doing. At the beginning, I, I made the comment, or I, I asked the question, what was the two things that, that Gideon was famous for? And that was the fleece and the victory. It is so easy uh, oftentimes to miss little things that we see in Scripture. I can't tell you how many times I've read the story of Gideon. Honestly, I, I've read it a lot. But I learned something this time. Look at verse 16. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. This guy was incredibly insecure. And we haven't even gotten to the fleece yet. And he, he, says, he says, give me a sign that, that, that you are who you say you are. Doubt. How many times have you sat in a church service or you've read your Bible and God has spoken to your heart and your, your, your heart is just smitten with doubt? God, I can't do that. Here we're talking about faith, promise, missions, and 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 every 
every year God puts a figure on my heart and I and and I God I can't do that. Don't you know inflation is raging right now, God? How many of you have argued with God about that one? I did. I have less money now than I did a year ago because of gas and all this stuff. And God says, this is what I want you to give. Gideon doubted God. And he goes in and he, and he, and he prepares a, a, an offering. And he comes, he comes back up with the offering. Look at verse 19. And Gideon went in and made ready a, a kid and, and uh, excuse me, unleavened cakes of uh, uh, an ephah, a flour. The flesh he put in a basket and he put broth in a pot and brought it out unto him under the oak and presented it. And the angel of the Lord uh, uh, and the angel of God uh, said unto him, uh, take the flesh and unleavened uh, cakes and lay them upon this rock and pour uh, pour out the broth. And he did so. And the angel of the Lord put put forth the end of his staff and it was in in his hand and torched <clears throat> the flesh and the unleavened cake and and it uh, and and there arose a fire uh, out of the rock and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes and the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. You know, God God didn't look at Gideon after Gideon said, God, hey hey, I need a sign. The Lord, the angel of God did not look at him and say, you, you, do you have any faith? He didn't ridicule him. He didn't argue with him. He just, okay. You, you go, you go make an offering. You come back. I'll be here and I'll give you a sign. God is so patient with us when we doubt. I need to hurry. Uh, number three, <clears throat> will you take care of me? Question, question number three, will you take care of me? Will you take care of me? Knowing that Gideon was still afraid, God uh, assigned him a task. In verses uh, uh, 25 to 27, for time's sake, I'm just going to tell you what happens. Uh, God says, hey, go and destroy uh, the groves. Okay, uh, well, let, let's read it. it uh, and it came to pass in the same night that God said unto him, Take thy father's uh, young bullock, even the second uh, of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal at thy father's house, and cut down the grove that is uh, by it, and uh, build an altar unto the Lord thy God uh, upon the top of the rock and, and uh, in the uh, ordered place, and take a second bullock. Anyway, so what he does is he goes and he tears down his dad's altar to Baal. His dad. And he goes into the city and then he tears down the <clears throat> the grove. A grove um, <clears throat> is, for lack of better terms, it would be like uh, most of us can relate it to a totem pole. But it was a it was a it was a wooden pole 
that was carved uh, to uh, uh, worship a, a goddess of, what was her name? Um, uh, uh, Asherah. And the people in the city worshiped the pole. Okay? So the task that God gives Gideon, he says, go and tear down the, your dad's uh, 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 idol to, to uh, Baal, who is a false god, and then tear down the grove or the pole. So he does that. <clears throat> and in verse 25, uh, <clears throat> uh, no, 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 uh, let me, verse 31. Uh, the, 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 people in the, the people in the city get, get, get angry when they find out. You know, first they saw what happened, and then they, they got angry. But when they found out who did it, they wanted to kill him. And the question is, will God take care of you? Look at verse 31. And Joash, Gideon's father, the Baal worshiper, and Joash said unto to all that stood against him, Will you plead for Baal? Will you have? Uh, uh, will ye save him? And uh, he that will plead for him, let him uh, be put to death. Uh, <clears throat> okay, let, let me let me just tell you what's going on. Uh, uh, Joash, Gideon's dad, stands in front of all the men of the city, and he says, "Hey, how big is your God?" We worship the god Baal. If it, are you have to defend Baal, or will God will Baal defend you? And if Baal is a great god, then he can take care of Gideon, not you. And God used a Baal worshiper, Gideon's dad, to protect him. The question is, will God take care of me? The answer is yes. Warren Wiersbe wrote this, Gideon learned a valuable lesson that day. If he obeyed the Lord, even with fear in his heart, the Lord would protect him and receive the glory. Gideon needed to remember this as he mustered his army to prepare to attack the enemies. Obstacle number four. Does God really care? Does God know what he's doing? Will God take care of me? Number four, does God keep his promises? Again, I have asked all four of these questions in my life one time or another. Look at verse 33. And the Midianites and the Malachites and the, the Hebezites and the electric lights and all the other lights. <clears throat> um, I, anyway, and all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came into Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and Abazar was gathered with him. And he sent messengers throughout Manasseh, who gathered uh, after him, 
unto Asher and Zebulun and Naphtali and, and so on and so forth. And basically, my point is this. <clears throat> Gideon puts out the word, hey, we need to, we need to raise an army. And he, and, he, and he sends messengers to all the tribes of Israel. And they are able to raise 32,000 to fight the Midianites and the, uh, 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 the, um, uh, uh, the other ites, the electric lights and all those others. You know. um, 32,000. And we think, wow, that's, that's a lot. No. Look at ver- chapter 7 in verse 12. And the Midianites and the, and the Malachites and all the children of the east lay among the valley like grasshoppers for multitude. And their camels were without number, as the sea, as the sand of the sea, seaside for multitude. The camels, they couldn't count all the camels, let alone all the people. And all they had was 32,000. We would call that today insurmountable odds. Have you ever felt that way? Absolutely. Gideon had his 32,000. The enemy were countless numbers. And Gideon was looking at insurmountable odds. And Gideon, for two days, he goes to God and he says, God, I'm going to put out a fleece because I need to know you're with me. And I'm going to put out this fleece. And, and the first day, he says, he says, make it do on the fleece, but the ground around it, let it be dry. And, and God, the next morning, Gideon walks out of his tent, and sure enough, the fleece is there. And it had so much dew on it, he was able to wring it out. And the next morning, uh, or, and, and that day, God's, he, he told God, he said, God, don't, please don't get angry with me, but I, I need to know for sure. Have you ever been there? I really, really, really need to know. So, so instead of the fleece being wet, how about let's, let, let's let the fleece be dry and the ground around it wet. Okay? Because I really, really, really need to know. And God didn't chastise him. God answers this prayer. For two days, for two days, Gideon, for lack of better terms, puts God to the test. And for two days, God patiently deals with Gideon. I told you at the beginning that Gideon was Gideon was someone that we can all relate to. His struggle was real. His doubt was real. And this story in the in the Bible is as relevant today as it was then. Gideon was a man like you and me with doubts and fears and struggles. But I want to talk about these four obstacles that he had to get over again in closing. 
does God really care? The answer to that is yes. He does. Does God know what he's doing? Yes, he does. Will God take care of me? Absolutely, he will take care of you. Does God keep his promises? Every single one. In closing this morning, let me encourage you. Look at the life of Gideon. And use the life of Gideon as a, as a springboard, if you would, to say, okay, God, I'll do what you want me to do. Even though I don't believe I'm qualified, I don't believe that I can do what you want me to do. And I'll, 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 let, me, let me say this in closing. I, told, I already said this once, but let me say this. When I was a building contractor, and God started working on my heart, there was, I, there was absolutely no way, no way that I, could, that I believe God could get me from there to here. No way. But God did. And I believe with all my heart, all my heart, that there's someone here that's struggling with something that you believe God wants you to do. And you think, there's no way. There is no way that God can get me from there to where he wants me. If you don't believe me, believe Gideon. More importantly, believe God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your patience with us. And Lord, I am so thankful and so grateful for your love, for the work you do in our lives. I beg you, dear God, to do a work, to help us to be more like you. With every